the state government is constantly doing this to us, you know, taking away our rights as local communities to govern ourselves. It's outrageous. I think we're out of time. Mike Perini's coming up, Pandora's Lunchbox. Um, you can go to WSDP.org, Western Shoshone Defense Project, if you want to learn more about how the uh, national, the federal government is going to uh, blow us all up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. <sighs> A box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's it Hand off his box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe That means I have Half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. This is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food. Today it's chickens, chicken soup, and maybe chicken soup and chickens in a way you may not have thought of. But let's start things off with Slim Gaylord, one of the great philosophers. This is Chicken Rhythm.
Pandora's Lunchbox, and that is Slim Gaylord. Today's show, we're talking about Chinese medicine and talking about chicken soup and Chinese herbs. And there's a lot to talk about. But first of all, we need to hear a little bit more of Slim Gaylord to get us in the mood for that. We're going to talk to a fellow who can give us a little more information. In the meantime, more Slim Gaylord. You want to feel real groovy Like a five and ten cent movie Don't need much cheese on the side With a groove juice jive As for bourbon highball Will make you feel real mellow They'll serve you from one to five Of the groove juice jives Feel like you're floating on about half of the world No need to go boating Because it puts you right out of the world Now if you want to feel real groovy Like a five and ten cent movie Don't need much chaser on the side Of the groove juice dive Yes, yes. About half of the world No need to go boring Because it puts you out of this world And you want to feel real groovy Like a five and ten cent boofy Don't need any chaser on the side Of the groove juice jive That was more Slim Gaylord And, um... Something uh, very comical has happened here. I just want you to know. I believe that I have um, given the wrong directions to the fellow who is um, here to visit us to talk about chicken soup and uh, Chinese medicine and things like that. And I've just had uh, a great conversation 
uh, with Gary Merrill. Gary, are you there? I, I am, and what a great way to start out with uh, chicken soup. Chicken soup, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, Gary and I, I have navigated Gary to the, the Student Activities Building at WCBN by cell phone, and just moments ago, we were both we both saw each other with cell phones in our hands saying, there you are, okay, we're here. <laughs> yeah, quite, a, quite an interesting uh, way to get introduced to the, uh, to the audience. Yes, and, and the world of radio. It's all very exciting. Um, so Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, to those who are just tuning in, and Gary Merrill is an acupuncturist in Ann Arbor. And uh, we had an interesting conversation over the last few weeks, not only on the cell phone trying to get here, <laughs> but also about how would you discuss Chinese medicine and how would you discuss uh, what, what is one way to talk about Chinese medicine in a very succinct way? Well, you know, I was thinking about that uh, all week because it's trying for me, it's like trying to um, share the history of the world in a half an hour. Which takes it takes longer. Yeah, it takes a little bit longer. So, you know, for me, I guess it's fundamentally about relationship. It's about the relationship between an individual and the world we live in. And there's a brilliance in the way Chinese medicine, uh, both acupuncture and, and Chinese herbal medicine, has a way of articulating that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's through, I guess, that expression that um, I came to chicken soup. Okay. And what we're going to talk about here tonight. Yes. Well, one thing I just uh, want to mention is just how long this discipline, this this knowledge has been around. Um, just looking for brief information on the internet, I saw that uh, discussing the idea of, of qi, which is um, in some, some ways described as the vital energy or the life force of the body, Right. You know, that's interesting because the vital energy or the life force of the body, it's really the vital energy and the life force of life itself because that's that's the essential element um, that animates life. Hmm. And it's through that exploration, I think, that, um, the ch- that Oriental medicine helps us understand what that relationship is all about. Okay. And uh, so chicken soup, here's the thing. It's, I guess in a sense I would think to myself, you start very small with a bowl of chicken soup and you can kind of go outward from there and talk about right. some of the aspects of it. Right. So, um, you know, food, food is, is at the, um, I guess, the foundation of, of many relationships. Mm-hmm. It's a fundamental relationship between an individual and the world at large, because that's how we nourish ourselves. Right. You know, without food, we don't go too far for too long. No. Um, it's also a celebration of life. There's many, many uh, religious festivals, um, Easter and Passover, that come to mind, that just uh, recently was, that have a lot to do with food as part of the celebration. Chinese New Year? A Chinese lot. New Year, certainly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And through that, it's an intimate way to connect to family, family and friends. So it kind of, for me, brings the circle to completion as a way to um, connect to life itself. And um, I reached back into my deep roots, uh, my deep ro- Jewish roots, and uh, felt that chicken soup, because it, it's probably at some level um, a fundamental food source or 
um, food for probably most cultures. So I'm sure that my, you know, if we could go into parallel universes and look in two kitchens at the same time, uh, my grandmother's kitchen and and a, a Chinese grandmother's kitchen, they might both be making chicken soup mm-hmm. uh, with slightly different ingredients. And since chicken soup is such a fundamental uh, food and something that I think for most of us um, have many connections to not only our childhood, uh, not only um, family gatherings, but something we eat when we don't feel good, I thought it was a great way uh, to use that as a, a foundation to help share um, my understanding of, of Chinese herbs, mm-hmm. uh, my understanding of just how oriental medicine looks at food. Okay. And I guess one uh, manifestation of that is in the different ingredients that you might find in chicken soup. Well, you know, yes. It's not only the ingredients in chicken soup. It's actually, this this whole thing kind of started as a class I was giving on um, just understanding the oriental view of food itself. Um, if you look at a lot of the herbs used in Chinese medicine, a lot of them are foodstuffs. Um, if you go into a Chinese kitchen, um, you'd find a lot of these ingredients, which I use in part of the formulas I dispense, you'd find them as just standard household ingredients. And I don't really think that um, somebody in a Chinese kitchen, perhaps... Uh, in a past life, maybe my Chinese grandmother might not be as consciously aware of the individual medicinal qualities of some of these foodstuffs. But it it works itself in in a a very conscious and very unconscious way of how some of these substances are used. Okay. So I thought maybe before we get into actually making chicken soup, Uh um, I thought it'd be nice to share with some of your viewers, or not viewers in this case, uh, listeners, Mm -hmm. um, maybe viewers on a different level, right? (laughs) um, might uh, appreciate just sharing. So how, what are these qualities? How how do, um, how is, how does Chinese herbal medicine and the culture at large kind of look at all these different foods? Because if, if you went to, you know, if you had, um, some stomach ailments and you went to your your mom or your grandmother and told her about your complaints, she would probably take you into the kitchen and throw some of these ingredients into a pot and cook some soup or some other um, porridge. Mm -hmm. And because they just automatically, as, as a part of their culture, know what the medicinal uses are of, of some of these, um, Substances. It can make you feel better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can page through all these papers I bought here. Oh, sure. <laughs> There's a lot of information. Yeah. Uh, just mentioned that, I mean, we're talking about uh, something that's been around for 5,000 years, these perspectives, uh, in the Chinese uh, partic- practitioners. Yeah. You know, like ma- many cultures, um, Chinese were very much an agrarian culture. So... It's not uncommon for agrarian cultures to really understand 
not only the nutritional value of what it is they're eating, but since they're in such immediate relationship to the land and what they're harvesting, uh, to understand also, um, I guess, the medicinal and and energetic qualities of some of these foods. And I I thought I I could share some of um, not only the foods, uh, the foods themselves, but some of the common herbs that I use. Okay. um, dispensing herbal formulas. Which might not be in a recipe, but used in a separate way? Well, could be in a recipe. Well, some of these will be in the recipe for chicken soup. Okay. Yeah, I can't come, not come here and, you know, <laughs> right, put it yeah. all together. Right. So, ginger. Um, the Chinese name for ginger is ganjiang. Okay. Ginger is pretty uh, predominant in, in our culture. Um, it, it's served... Um, in Japanese restaurants. It's used by many, many cultures. Uh, but ginger plays a, a predominant role in Chinese cooking and is also an important herb in uh, Chinese herbal medicine. And as a matter of fact, we will be using some ginger today. Okay. I'm trying to turn the burners on right now right, as we start yes. and get the aromas going in, in the studio. Yes, I'm smelling it already. <laughs> <laughs> so what... I I guess what the Chinese have done to help them understand what the relationship is between themselves and the food and the relationship between how that food affects their body, they've come up with a number of ways to help, I guess, classify the medicinal use or medicinal value of each of these food substances. So what they've done is, is come up with um, there's a taste associated with each food. Okay. I mean, there's an obvious taste of, of acrid or um, um, pungent with, with, with um, ginger. Mm-hmm. So there, there's five primary tastes that okay. we would look at. Um, sweet, bitter, acrid, um, salty, and neutral. And these are all integral aspects of these right. foods, yeah. Right. Some of them are more obvious than others, mm-hmm. and you can actually have um, a food so- substance that could be both. For instance, ginseng, which we, it, depending how you're feeling today, we might use that or not, uh-huh. actually has two tastes. Okay. Then there's a temperature associated with each one of these food substances. Okay. Um, there's warm, hot, slightly cold, uh, neutral and very cold. And that's not connected to actual physical no, temperature? No, no. Um, that's, I, I don't want to say more of an energetic quality, but um, take, I, I'll give you an obvious thing. Take melon, watermelon. Okay. Even at room temperature, it has the property of being cold. It's cooling when you take it into the body. Right, okay. Or salad, uh, just to toss salad, is very cooling when you take it into the body. Right. But if a baked sweet potato at room temperature tends to be more warming to the body. Okay. So again, you're right. These are not the actual thermometer-based. The other way they categorize these is what channel they go. And we're not, not TV channels. No, no. Channels in the body. And we're not going to get into a whole discussion of oriental physiology. But most of our listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with the concept of meridians. So each one of these foods actually affects a particular meridian. 
um, could be the lung, could be the liver. Pears, for instance, are very good for the lungs. Okay. Um, I mentioned um, ginger. Ginger, yeah. Right. Actually, ginger is one of those that that affects the stomach area. Okay. Uh, it's. it's um, I just actually read an article uh, where ginger is used to help pregnant women with nausea because it it's very calming to the stomach. And then there's actually medicinal properties to each one of these food sources or mm-hmm. uh, foodstuffs. Okay. So if you take that and you combine it all together and you put it into chicken soup, you have something that's actually not only something nourishing, but also something that's very balancing and can have some medicinal qualities. Hmm. Beyond just tasting good and making you feel good, there's more right. more levels there. Right. And I think uh, there's other people and other cultures who talk about eating for time of year or eating for body type. Um, this kind of goes along with that, generally speaking. Okay. And again, for me, it's just a way to connect at a deeper level to what it is I'm eating. You, you know, it, it. God knows that we all eat in a hurry. Yes. <laughs> and we don't always eat what we should. Right. But yes. if you take a moment in your life and, and you pause and you actually feel into what it is you're eating and connect to it at a deeper level, you can begin to understand what it is that that this gift from the Chinese culture is trying to offer us. Okay. So um, how's, how's the chicken soup looking? What do you think? Well, I, th- I think, you know, we're ready for, for some of the ingredients. Okay. But before I do that, um, if it's okay with you and, and the listeners, I'd like to share um, some of these qualities of taste, temperature, and channel with the foods that we're actually going to be putting in the soup. Okay. So when it's all done and we sit down and eat it, um, and we pause for a moment and, and smell it and just take a look at it, maybe we can have a deeper sense of, of how it's going to affect our bodies. Okay. You know, ultimately, we are chemical beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and no matter what, what happens in our body, whether I hit you or I hug you, there's, there is some kind of chemical reaction there. So it's just nice to, to think about all the chemistry also all the nutrition, um, and how that affects our body as well. Okay. So, you know, if we take the... uh, Some examples? Some examples. Yeah. If I can find them. Number of ingredients in chicken soup. Made a lot of different ways, but... uh, So, I think in our chicken soup, we're going to use some bean sprouts. Okay. Okay. We're going to explain a little bit how we're going to use the bean sprouts. But, for instance, bean sprouts have a taste. uh, They tend to be sweet and sour. Uh, There's no temperature associated with them. And they tend to uh, affect the heart and the small intestine. Okay. And, and again, we're not talking about the Western heart and small intestine. We're talking about the Chinese or Oriental medicine view of, of what those are. And, and the medicinal attributes they might have is they might promote urination. Um, they're also very good for promoting healing um, and treating, treating sores. Hmm. Okay. So, a, again, you, you're not going to do that by eating a pound of, bean, uh, of sprouts, but no. just to have a sense of, of what they do. Okay. Um, we could, for instance, but we're not going to use b- bamboo shoots, but that would be a nice addition to, to our chicken soup. Okay. Um, b- 
bamboo shoots are, are sweet. Uh, their temperature is cold. Uh, they affect the lungs and the large intestine. And they're good for uh, digestive problems. They're, they're good for constipation. Okay. Uh, maybe I can give one more um, example. Okay. Uh, just to give uh, a sense. We're, we are going to be using some broccoli today. Okay. Um, broccoli has the taste of being sweet and bitter. Hmm. Okay. Um, it's cooling by nature. Okay. Um, it affects the, the stomach area. And um, believe it or not, uh, what your mother said about broccoli is true because it does help brighten your eyes. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, so d- does that help you perhaps um, understand a little bit about when I talk about some of the medicinal qualities and how perhaps the Chinese might look at, at some of these? Sure. Because um, some of the other maybe common foodstuffs that are in everybody's kitchen is cinnamon. That's a, a very common uh, food stuff that would be used in, in Chinese herbs. We've all heard of of ginseng. Right. Uh, we will be adding some astragalus because I've noticed when I came in here that you have a little cold. Oh, okay. You, you I heard that some up? sniffles. Ah, okay. Over yeah. the cell phone. I did that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I transmitted that. <laughs> so, one of the things I like about chicken soup is I'm a fundamentally lazy cook. Okay. So I like to make things easy and quick. Um, so all of these ingredients, I, I'm also, I also like to be a healthy cook. Mm-hmm. Um, lazy and healthy. That lazy and healthy. Two very important things. Yes. Um, so the recipe I'm going to be using today is good to feed about four people. Okay. Um, it depends how hungry they are and how big they are. Right. <laughs> Um, the other thing I, I would just like to mention about this is that it's good to use large diameter soup bowls hmm. because there's a lot of things we're going to be putting into these bowls. Okay. Um, and I got all of my ingredients from the local two. There's two places where I typically shop. And is okay. it okay to mention them? Sure. Go Whole Foods or the Co-op because you know you can get. High-quality organic ingredients. Right. All right. Okay. Um, so we're going to start putting with uh, two quarts of chicken stock. Okay. And if you're a vegetarian, um, you could use two quarts of uh, vegetable stock. Okay. Um, I, I, again, I like to use organic stock. We're going to put them into a pot. And we're going to let them simmer for about 20 minutes on low heat. I mean, the, the, the stock is already prepared. You don't need to make the chicken stock. Okay. And one of the things I'm going to do right away is I'm going to take some fresh ginger and I'm going to make some very thin slivers of it and take a small handful and just throw it in. Okay. And you can immediately smell the fragrance. And you'll also know that as you smell that just by the nature of what ginger does, um, as a, as a Chinese herbalist, we say it, it clears the exterior. Okay. That means it opens the pores. So you can just, by smelling it, feel it just moving through your sinus passages. Um, and we're going to let that simmer for about 20 minutes. Um, the other things we're going to add today, because I mentioned that I heard the sniffles, we're going to um, throw in some huang chi. Um, that's astragalus. Okay. And if you look at astragalus, um, 
basically it's a root that's sliced very thinly and into two quarts. We're going to throw maybe four or five pieces because you don't, you don't want it to overwhelm the taste. Okay. So or, can you smell that? Yes. Right. Yes, I can. You still can smell the ginger and not the overwhelming sense of the huang chi. We're also going to throw in some datsao. Because what's Chinese chicken noodle soup without some datsao? Mm. And uh, what that is is Chinese red dates. Oh. Um, very settling on the digestive system. And, you know, I mentioned um, the different channels it, these herbs go to. Actually, datsao goes to all the channels. Okay. So it's a great way to help us distribute the healing properties of the soup we're making. Okay. So we're going to set that aside and let that simmer on a low heat for about uh, 20 minutes. And in terms of the Chinese red dates, again, you don't want to overpower the soup you're making. So these dates are small. They're about the size of a marble, um, and they have the pits removed. So you can throw in about 8 to 10. That way everybody can get a few and, and again, um, not have dotsao stew. Right. Um, and then I'm going to take a package of fresh angel hair pasta, and I'm going to boil that, put it into hot boiling water. The nice thing about it is it only takes three or four minutes to cook, so don't get distracted because you don't want to overcook it. And once it's cooked, um, you want to rinse it into cold water just to, to stop the cooking, and you want to set that aside. Okay. So is it pretty clear so far? Yes. All right. What we're going to have done in preparation for this is we're going to have um, some pre-cooked or pre-parboiled broccoli. Um, you don't want it to be too soft, and I like to parboil the broccoli so there's still some crunch to it. Um, and you, you can use other um, vegetables like uh, parboiled carrots. Um, that always kind of tastes good. And um, what we're going to do with the broccoli is um, we're going to take it out of the refrigerator if it's pre-cooked or if it's parboiled, we're going to cut it up into some small little florets or little flowers of broccoli. We're going to remove most of the stem. Okay. I should uh, just mention one thing quickly that uh, sadly the clock has uh, <laughs> has gone past the 7 o'clock mark. Oh, it has. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, how many more ingredients do we have? I'd hate to cut this off, but That's nonetheless, okay. our wolf needs to... Uh, That's okay. Uh, ...get on the air and Well, do his we're going to put some fresh spinach in, some tofu some scallions, and some um, bean sprouts. Okay. Um, we're going to put them into the bowl. Um, the spinach can be raw. Uh, the bean sprouts can be raw. And the hot soup's going to cook everything. We're going to put the noodles right into the middle. And if you can imagine the bowl kind of like a clock, we're going to make little sections at the rim with the, our ingredients. And 